Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, Dr. Ross Green here, along with my co-host, Susie Porton, coming to you live, as we do every Monday, September through May, with Parenting Your Challenging Child. Um, We do this every Monday, nine months of the year, to uh, give Folks, the opportunity to call in and ask questions or email in and ask questions if you are inclined to call in. That number is 347-994-2981. Susie, how are you today? I'm good, Dr. Green. How are you? I am well. Um, Good. And we just want to remind our callers to press 1 after they dial in that number. And it's good that you remember to tell people that because I never will. But at least one of us does. Proof that two heads is better than one. Yes. Uh, That call-in number again is 347-994-2981. If you press 1, you'll get through to the program. If you don't, you won't. Um, We have today is a good day to call in, as is every day. Um, We are rapidly approaching the end of May Of course, we have quite a few programs left before then, um, but that's when we will break for the summer. So today is a good day to call in, as will be any of the remaining Mondays that we have between now and the end of May. But we have a ton of emails stacked up as well. And given that we do not have any callers today yet, um, let's start, shall we? Great. Here we go. I've got seven in the queue and a lot more waiting. Uh, My nine-year-old son has lagging skills in emotion regulation. He gets frustrated easily and explodes when teachers interact with him in ways that he finds rude or unfair. The school is trying their best with what they know, but don't seem to understand that plan A doesn't work for my son. It is often teachers imposing their will on him that precedes these blow-ups. Editorial comment, we're going to need to paddle further upstream than that, but I'll keep going. Recently, I've noticed the school becoming defensive when I suggest that the teachers could shift the way they speak to my son, and all children really, that respects them. We have a meeting scheduled with the special ed teacher. My son does well academically. A mental health nurse, classroom teacher, principal, occupational therapist, and counselor. I would like to bring up the ideas of using the CPS approach, but want to do it in a way that doesn't come across as blaming them for my son's challenging behavior. They have already mentioned that my son has these behavior issues when they direct him to do something or not to do something. My son's view is that they tell him not to do something without providing alternatives. For example, no roughhousing on the playground. That game isn't safe. What can we do then? The response usually is, go play. We are only halfway through the school year, and my son has been suspended four times due to hitting other children. 
We desperately need help. I have both books and plan to bring them to the meeting with me. So let's see if we can help this mom out a little bit. Susie, any thoughts before I uh, kick in? Well, um, I think she wants to maybe make some blank copies of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems um, to pass out at her meeting, and that will help the people at school have, hopefully help them to get the right lenses on that the child is having um, trouble with lagging skills and unsolved problems, and that leads to more compassionate ways to help the child. Um, schools schools can be tough, and uh, as I've said before, you want to be the squeaky wheel for your child. You want to be the um, an advocate for your child, especially um, when you are running into some resistance. Um, Um, what else? Well, let me think, and why don't you take a crack at it? Well, I think that the big shift um, is in helping the school folks see the benefits of shifting from focusing on behavior and modifying it to focusing on the problems that are causing those behaviors and solving them. The, the good news is that both of those ways of doing things are very active. Um, so it's not that they're going to be passive. It's not that they are going to drop all of their expectations. It's just that they are going to shift how they're going about trying to help your son. And if they shift from behavior to solving the problems that are causing those behaviors, and I call that paddling upstream, behavior is downstream, the problems that are causing those behaviors are upstream, well, that opens up some different options for them besides plan A. And that's why as I was reading the email, I said, we're going to have to paddle further upstream than plan A. We need to, as you were mentioning, identify the problems that are causing the behaviors um, that are causing them concern at school. Now, here's the good news. What the most current research from the Child Study Center at Virginia Tech tells us is that you're going to improve your son's behavior by solving problems every bit as much as you are going to improve his behavior by modifying that behavior. The big question is whether the problems are going to get solved when you're modifying his behavior, and that's a big question. Um, so here's the interesting thing. I'm not sure that the best place to start, I, I can understand the school becoming defensive when we are talking about how they speak to your son, 
they um, may be speaking to him, especially in the heat of the moment when a highly predictable unsolved problem has already set in motion the behaviors that rightly concern them a great deal. And they're still talking about them as behavior issues, and it happens when they... And so the fact that they are mentioning that he has behavior issues tells us that they're probably focusing on what's going on downstream. That's where behavior issues are. Not on what's going on upstream. That's where the problems that are causing those behavior issues are. And if all we're doing to try to solve those problems, and I think we probably don't even know what those problems are. This would be a great thing to do in the meeting. If all we're doing with problems is telling him to do something or telling him not to do something, then we're really not solving problems with him. And you've mentioned a very specific problem, difficulty. Um, Perhaps we would word this one, difficulty playing safely on the playground. But that's a problem that do this or don't do this or punishing or rewarding isn't going to solve. Plus, if all we're doing is telling, punishing, and rewarding, we don't have a teammate. We don't have a partner. And my experience is that problems, it's a whole lot more productive and durable to solve problems with kids rather than by doing something to them. And one last thing, I can promise you this, four suspensions are not going to solve those problems either. But the biggest challenge will be to help them shift from focusing primarily on behavior downstream to primarily focusing on the problems that are causing those behaviors, that's upstream. And just remember, when we're focused on the problems that are causing those behaviors, we are in problem-solving mode. So long as we're stuck downstream, we are stuck in behavior management mode. Susie, any additional thoughts before we move on to the next one? Well, just another part that might help the school folks is to see the child as having a learning disability, a developmental delay, and um, just as if you wouldn't punish a child for having a problem in reading or math, um, problems in um, frustration, problem-solving, shouldn't be punished or consequenced or suspended as well. Um, And just to uh, mention that your article, Five Ways to Improve School for Behaviorally Challenging Students, was also very um, helpful, I think, to school. And let's see, people can find that on, I believe, in the What's New section Right. Of the Lives in the Balance website. I'm just double checking here and Right. Uh, it's, that's exactly right. Is that where it is? Yes. Yes, there is. There it is. Uh and you can click there and read it. Um, Susie, did you notice that the home page of the Lives in the Balance website changed a little? I did notice. We made the headline bigger. It's 
some Great. things are just very exciting at Lives in the Balance. We celebrate things like that around here. Shall we move on to our next email? Let me just make sure we have no callers. We do have a caller. Uh, so callers take priority on this program. Let's go to area code 620. You're on the air. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dr. Green and Susie. This, I am a mom that is... Don't tell us who I you are. We name. know who you I are. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the chance to call in a while. I hope both of you are well. We've Thank missed you. you. We hope you're well, too. We are doing just great. I am calling with another follow-up update with our fantastic, fantastically progressing son through Plan B and CPS and uh, you know, we're heading towards having been doing this now almost three years, and the progress, it's just night and day, uh, the improvement in the quality of life for our family, for both our boys, but especially for our child that is rather explosive. <laughs> but he, um, his level of communication and level of trust is just a, a thing of beauty, and there's no other way to describe it. Um, in, in no way, shape, or form has this been a Band-Aid. As you reminded me right after I got going on this, Dr. Green, um, he, he is explosive. He will always have that instinct. And when push comes to shove, he still flares and still starts to react um, with that initial burst of physical um, just demonstration, really, uh, but it does not take him very long at all now to step down off the ledge. And um, sometimes we have to say, hmm, you're showing us how you feel. How about you use your words and tell us how you feel and let's have a conversation about it. And then he goes and he explains. Um, and the the change is just incredible. And I wanted to just bring you up to date on that. We are ecstatic for you, of course. I'm looking forward to the day when you're able to call in and say, on many occasions in which he previously would have reacted and then used his words, that you'll call in and say he's using his words and not reacting physically anymore. And um, it feels to me like that day is in your future, which means that at some point, you may actually no longer be referring to him as rather explosive, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, no, I would say he's, you know, um, if I were to have to quantify it, I'd say he's about 75% there, which is incredible considering where we were just a couple of years ago. Fabulous. It's a nice piece of work for three years. Yeah, I, I'd say... Um, the you know the interesting um, new revelation that we've had is sometimes he he gets really um, inflexible, of course, and in using his words he'll say, "I want this this way." Boom, and we just go up to him now and we say, "Hey, buddy, do you remember that when you go plan A, what do mom and dad have to do?" He said, "You guys have to go plan A." So he says, "Plan A begets plan A, mom. I know this." It's, it's plan A begets plan A. Okay, no one, I think. And then most of the time he say, well, then I'll just let it go. Or sometimes says, well, this this means something to me, so can we talk about it? Can we do a plan B instead? 
That's you know, great. but I, I thought you'd get a, a kick out of that. Plan A begets Plan A. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just how nice for his brother. What a fabulous example you've set, you know, for him as well, and helped yeah. him in this what could be a challenging time. Yes, yes, because he's my imploder. So this has really helped um, to even things out for him as well. And the relationship between the two of them has just been developing so beautifully too. And it's, um, yeah, the communication, you know, and the trust, it's there. And it's, you know, for a 12- and 10-year-old brother-sibling sort of situation, for them to occasionally have these little moments where they talk through a, pro- a problem, and I don't have to mediate it anymore. It's it's really special. So, And, you know, in things at school, um, Dr. Green, you helped us uh, with the IEP, things at school with the core teachers, the classroom teachers, going great. It's actually his team that gets in his way (laughs) more than anything else, which is amazing. But um, we had worked on a solution that when when something happens at school and he isn't given the opportunity to request a conversation while there, that's, that's one of the problems that happens. He holds it in, he comes home, and he used to, really lash out at home about things at school that we couldn't solve for him. So the solution we put into place is that when something like this happens, he comes home and he crafts an email to the, to the teacher in question, and then he, he CCs his team, and, uh, and then that way there's lots of accountability to make sure that a conversation is, takes place. And the majority of the time, the teacher involved within, you know, an hour or so we'll email him back. And the problem is taken care of once he knows that his concern was heard. It doesn't even have to go his way. Just as soon as it's heard, he feels better about it. Um, And so this has included him emailing the principal, the vice principal, and it's been really neat. Isn't that great? Accountability is there. So, and he now knows the steps to take, and and uh, he articulates himself in writing so well. So, yeah, it is great, Susie. I'm I'm just I'm thrilled. What a wonderful solution that you guys worked out to help him express himself and for him to feel like he's heard. Yes, yes, and it's you know uh, it's building up till. Yes, go ahead. Well, I wanted to point out to our listeners who may not be familiar with your voice or your situation. Um, uh, Number one, we're delighted that your sons are doing better. Um, Boy, you and your husband have put an enormous amount of work in. And um, you have, uh, I think your husband in particular, but probably also you, had some doubts along the way. Um, Had some concerns about uh, what what are we doing here? Are we... um, setting a bad precedent here? Are we, um, you know, is this really okay? Um, Now that you are on the other side of those doubts, and I'm assuming you're on the other side of those doubts, maybe not. Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Can you remind us? I don't know if you can reflect back on on those. So first of all, I wanted to 
pat you and your husband on the back a little bit for just putting all that hard work in, um, and you've got something to show for it, but can you remember what the doubts were and um, how you got past them? Well, I um, I really never doubted this. Um, from the minute that I opened the explosive child, it kind of came to me um, as a at our darkest hour, it showed up in the queue of my state online library, and I had never heard of the book before, and I opened it up, and I couldn't put it down, and I wept the whole time because I just thought, this is my child, this is my life. This book is describing a solution for for our kid, and um, and from the very first attempt at a plan B with my son, I was in this 159%. And um, it took, that was in the middle of November of 2012. And it took my husband until mid-February to even open the book. Um, And so I was starting that plan A, plan B, plan C thing. And by January, I had it in the bag. And so I actually called early in February and said, oh, I've taken my hands off the wheel. I Things were getting so good that I've stopped talking, and now it's flaring back up. And um, and then when my husband started getting introduced to it, he had a lot of, well, this is just kind of giving in and, you know, the usual. Um, and then we had the opportunity that March to uh, come and, and spend the day with you, Dr. Green, in Lincoln. And um, that day was really eye-opening for my husband. And he he moved closer toward being convinced that this is the way things should be. But he he continued to uh, stay in, in, you know, in his old ways and kind of go back and forth. And the consistency has been what we've been working on. So... Um, without a doubt, uh, we've been doing a lot of work, not only with the kids, but together. And as plan A, as I tried to be with my husband about, dang, now that this is, <laughs> this is what we got to do, you know, and he got to the point where he said, look, if you're going to preach this, then you have to come at this with me collaboratively. And I'm so oh, glad wow. that he did that because, because then when we did get on the same page 100%, that's when our battle with the middle school team really started cranking up. And he would be the one, as we were approaching the school for a team meeting where it was going to be yet another, insisting that this is what works, the other way doesn't, um, he would be the one that sings, remember, remember what it was like when I wasn't 100% with this. We're going to have to do this collaboratively. We're going to have to listen to their concerns and do this smart. And, you know, so, um, yeah, we've both come a long way. (laughs) Good for you. Thank you. We are delighted to hear from you. And keep up the good work. Yes, sir. It's ongoing. (laughs) Give us updates whenever you feel like it. Will do. Thanks. Have a good good one. You too. Bye bye. Well, wasn't that nice? Always nice to have good news. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, um, they've put the work in. And um, there's a ton of work and lots of doubts. And um, uh, we now have a new quote. Besides plan A begets plan A, <laughs> um, getting your husband to do plan B is unlikely to be accomplished through use of plan A. Mm-hmm. But good that they're on the same page. Um, and, you know, it's not unusual, as you know firsthand. Yes, I do. That there are different paces at which people, adults, parents, teachers, uh, embrace this model and different paces at which um, they become proficient at it. And um, while it would be great if husbands and wives embraced it and got good at it at the same speed, that's actually fairly rare. Um, Much more common is that, uh, well, sometimes one embraces it before the other, and sometimes it's the other who's actually good at it before the other. Any thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, actually, since you're mentioning it, um, I embrace the model 110%, but my husband was was actually more proficient in the language in the communication of it in the beginning and um it was just he was he was very good he he uh he was very good at plan b when he could be good at plan b um <laughs> if if Sometimes a hibernating problem popped up um, and things got messy. His initial response would be to revert to plan A. But um, usually, uh, well, beginning with a gentle reminder and then sometimes a stronger reminder that we needed to work it out in a plan B conversation um, did the job. It's hard work. That's all I'll say. It's hard work. Shall we turn to another email? Sure. This one says, I have a six-year-old boy with sensory integration issues. I am reading The Explosive Child and feel the methods will help us prevent a lot of explosions. But when we don't, and he is out of control, I am at a loss for what to do. He is very aggressive towards me. He will punch, bite, grab, pull my hair, etc. If I try to walk away, he follows and continues. He only does this to me. He will scream, yell, and throw things with his dad, but won't attack him the way he does me. In the past, I have told him he can't treat me like this, and if he does, I will separate myself from him. Of course, he can't calm himself, so I lock myself in the bathroom until he is calm. That always made him even more upset, and then, and then, hmm, willing to stop hurting me. I'm not sure I understand that part. Uh, he would still be crying and yelling, typically jumping up and down in one spot while holding me, but not hurting me. The last time I did this, he calmed himself quickly, and I came out minutes later to him eating an apple. 
Not sure if that was an isolated instance, but it left me feeling like I sent him a message that I was doing something wrong and had to be isolated. Any suggestions that discuss to any just discuss any dis- suggestions on how to handle a child that is out of control and hurting you? I'm afraid he will grow up thinking it is okay to treat people, specifically women, like this. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you want to take that one, or you want me to weigh in first? Well, it sounds. I'll try. Uh, it sounds as if um, she's the mom's doing a lot of in the moment trying to problem solve and. Um, when your child is upset, um, like you remind us in the explosive child, not much learning takes place. Um, it's as if it's similar to um, if an adult is sleeping and you're trying to teach a lesson, nothing's going to get done. So um I would think that she would need to keep a log for a week and use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems to prioritize her two or three most important unsolved problems. Um, She might want to try for safety first and then frequency um, and work these problems out with her son, you know, using 15 minutes a day, making an appointment with him um, at a quiet time, and then spending that time with him uh, figuring out the solution that addresses both parties' concerns. And there you have it. Uh, In terms of the heat of the moment, there's no great advice except the standard advice. Defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. That's it. Um, and in this case, it does sound like maybe, if I understand it well, I'm not positive, uh, it sounds like there may be something that is beginning to work there. The hard part here is you've got a six-year-old boy who is following you. So he's making separating difficult. But as Susie was saying, and so, quite frankly, you're not sending him the message that it's okay to treat people, especially women, like this. You're letting him know that it's not okay to treat people like this. Um, You're getting away from him. And um, if this isn't a one-timer and he is going to respect that locked bathroom door, um, I think you've sent the right message. I'm, I'm not able to be around you when you're trying to hurt me. But the big message, as Susie was saying, is what you do before he starts punching, biting, grabbing, pulling hair. All you can do then is defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. But you do need your list of unsolved problems so that you know what you're working on, aren't working on everything at once, and are organizing the effort and making 99% of the enterprise, proactive, because um, you don't really want to find yourself in the heat of the moment. Now, what about this model will help you not find yourself in the heat of the moment? Being proactive will help you not find yourself in the heat of the moment, but that's going to require a list and prioritizing and prioritizing. Excuse me, I just repeated myself. A list 
prioritizing and priorities. So the things that you're working on and the things that you're not working on. The things that you're not working on, those you're using plan C to deal with, those ought to lower the flame because if you're not bringing it up, he's unlikely to get upset over it. Then you don't have to lock yourself in the bathroom because you're not bringing it up and he's not getting upset. And plan B will reduce uh, outbursts and reduce him attacking you because, um, well, those problems are getting solved. The, the plan that's more likely to have him go off on you is plan A. And the scenario in which that's most likely to happen is in the heat of the moment, when you're trying to deal with a problem emergently or reactively. So there's much about this model that should hopefully rapidly um, reduce the likelihood of him attacking you. And then, of course, you're still sending the message. It's not okay to treat people that way. Uh, I'm trying to help you solve these problems, and we're doing it together, so you don't treat me that way. One last thing, of course, uh, I need to give the standard advice. If you feel that you are in danger of getting hurt, um, well, then you may have to make a trip to the hospital emergency room if your son is that level of out of control. Um, that's the standard advice. Hopefully, plans B and plan C and the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems and the problem-solving plan will help things get better rapidly enough so that you don't feel you have to do that. But make sure you stay safe. That's our number one priority. Anything I, else, Susie? Yeah, I just wanted to mention um, I was in a similar situation where my son, once he was extremely upset and explosive, would follow me around um, and attack me. Um, and what helped was teaching him to um, go to his room to quiet himself down when things got heated. Um, of course, that did not happen overnight, and I certainly appreciate um, this person's situation. Um, but it did help, and ultimately, um, you know, helped that, so that he he was able to calm himself down. The bad news is that this mom is just at the beginning of her journey. The good news is that this mom has begun the journey. Right. No callers, so let's turn to another email. If somebody wants to sneak in a call here at the end, which isn't ideal, but we'll do our best, um, 347-994-2981, but here's another email. We have numerous in the queue here. Uh, I am new to your uh, CPS model. I have a child with challenging behavior. He is now four and a half. He has been this way for three and a half years. We have not done consequences or timeouts. I am extremely patient with his disagreeable nature and anger nine times out of ten. However, I have certainly lost my self-control and gotten frustrated. We homeschool. He is the third child of four. 
He is very gentle with the baby, but will hurt me or older brothers if he is mad. I think it is often his frustration, but also he just refuses to be cooperative at times. We are very careful with his diet and rhythm, routine. We forgo anything that will disrupt his sleep and try to be home as much as possible with lots of fresh air. I have always said he cannot behave if we set him up to fail. Lately, he has been much worse. Does the CPS model make sense with a child that young and immature? I can see for an older school-age child, yes. Is he in a developmental stage that will permit this to work? Um, Yes. Well, I don't know him developmentally. If he's a typically developing four-and-a-half-year-old, and what we're learning is that apparently in some ways he's not, perhaps especially, and of course we don't know him, but perhaps especially in the realms of flexibility, adaptability, frustration, tolerance, and problem-solving, we don't know for sure. Um, what we're learning is that... Um, Uh, being patient and being careful with his diet and his rhythm and his routine and trying to make sure that his sleep isn't disrupted and trying to be home as much as possible with lots of fresh air may not be enough. He may need something more. And um, what more? Well, I think um, the exact same more that we discussed with our last emailer is the same more for this emailer. Um, my first suggestion would be get on the Lives in the Balance website, go to the Parents, Families section, go to the Guided Tour, and learn as much about this model as you possibly can. You said that you were new to this plan That's a great place to start for newbies, but also a great place to go for people who have experience with the model and want to just refresh themselves on it. Um, And then you're going to learn about the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. We need our list of unsolved problems. Then you're going to learn about the problem-solving plan. We need to prioritize Which ones are we working on right now? Which ones are we not working on right now? First, before you even get to the LSIP, you're going to get some new lenses. We need to figure out what skills your child is lacking. And then in the last section in the guided tour, you're going to learn a lot about Plan B. And then you get to start doing Plan B. As I said with the last emailer, the bad news is that you are just beginning. The good news is you're finally just beginning. I totally agree with you. He cannot behave if we set him up to fail. What does setting somebody up to fail mean in the CPS model? We are placing demands on someone and the person is lacking the skills to adaptively handle those demands. We've got to figure out what those demands are. Those are called unsolved problems. We have to begin seeing your son through the prism of lagging skills so we have the big picture. And then, as you heard from our caller earlier in the program, then the really hard work begins. But thank goodness you're beginning that hard work. 
if the question is, can a typically developing four-and-a-half-year-old participate in solving the problems that are affecting his or her life, the answer is a typically developing four-and-a-half-year-old most certainly can. Susie, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was emphasizing the lagging skills and unsolved problems, that it's a developmental delay, a learning disability of sorts, and um, that challenging behavior is a result of the demands for the skills, and it's up to us to figure out what's getting in the child's way. Um, He has some problems in living, and it's up to us to figure out what's interfering with him living. Um, And by indirectly teaching those skills, or I'm sorry, by solving problems proactively and collaboratively, you indirectly teach the lagging skills that are so badly needed. A great point. I'm scanning our other emails here to see if we have one that we can respond to in three and a half minutes, which is what we have left. And I think we do. Should we do one more? Of course. This one says, Hi, Dr. Green. I have read your books and work with many explosive and flexible children. In fact, parents are incredulous when they begin to describe their child, and I am able to complete their sentences. In addition, I, too, am the father of a nine-year-old son who is severely inflexible and explosive. With all said and done, in spite of my son's oppositional behavior, he does not have ADHD. Although we and he have learned to manage his oppositional behavior at times, there are times that his condition is unbearable and takes a... Tremendous toll on our family. At times, he is verbally and physically abusive towards his siblings, which is sometimes intolerable. CPS does not work well for us in the moment, but can help prevent future events. He can get so out of control and irrational that he can threaten self-harm or destroy things. What medications do doctors prescribe for kids who do not have ADHD but do have these explosive, inflexible oppositional components? And is there a long-term solution for these children? Well, there are lots of medications um, that aren't specific for ADHD. Um, Whether it would be real useful for me to go through them all, I'm not positive. There's a ton of them. Some of them are good for enhancing mood. Some of them are good for lengthening a kid's fuse and stabilizing their mood and um, giving them an emotional muffler, as we sometimes call it. Um, Some of them are good for anxiety. So without naming any medications specifically, um, there's lots of medications that could be used to address other things besides ADHD that could be contributing to a child's oppositional behavior. But the thing I'd want to make especially certain of is that you're also doing the CPS model well, because I'm hearing that there's some pretty dangerous stuff going on. So um, the same things that would apply to our earlier emailer about what to do if things get to a point of being unsafe that we are quite concerned 
apply here as well, but so do the other things that we mentioned. Um, do we have a list of unsolved problems so that we are trying to solve those problems outside the heat of the moment and proactively? Um, do we Are we letting some things go with Plan C, and that's evidence of the fact that we have prioritized and we're not trying to work on everything at once? Um, I guess those would be, are we doing a good job with proactive Plan B? Those, I guess, are my bigger questions, but there's lots of medications out there that could be useful. Um, you'd have to find a good pharmacotherapist to help you out with that. On that note, Susie, we are going to call it a day for today. We are out of time. You up for doing this again next week? I am. By golly. That's what we'll do. <laughs> All right. Talk to you then. Thanks. Take care. <laughs>